Okay, this is the FTG podcast, episode number three. Great. It's already been three. It has been three. Yeah. Look at that. But my name is Anthony Schultz. Oh, I'm John McDonald. <laughs> I think that's my name. What? Pull your I'll license. Look, look at it. Right. <laughs> Just to double check. Well, I mean, I was born then. <laughs> Holy crap! I'm old. That's my address. Fuck! <laughs> I've been giving that out wrong for ages. My address is. <laughs> But yeah, it is the third episode, and I I saved the other ones, and I'm just been parsing them out since I edited them. So and we have people who listen. Don't don't and mind me. I'm uh, just eating my rice with my fingers. I'm wrong with that. Delicious dinner made by Ariel. I love rice. I do too. <laughs> you know, we incorporate it into a lot of dishes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and for those of you listening who maybe haven't listened to uh, Rage Quit, uh, Ariel's my wife, my co-host for that podcast. She made, um, she made a delicious dinner this evening, a rice bowl. So, I'm just some random dude who wanders into the house. They oh, feed me. They know who you are. You're in all the promotional stuff. Oh. <laughs> your information is. <laughs> oh shit! Oh yeah, your phone uh, number, your address, your social. It's all better, there. Yeah, the name of all your pets, your girlfriend, everything. It's all there. Full names, everything. <laughs> I, I better go off the grid. <laughs> you gotta burn it. Just so you guys all know, that's all a lie. My name is. Uh, Juan Cabrillo. <laughs> I like Juan Cabrillo. Juan Cabrillo. It's character from a book. Yeah, so. right. Juan Sanchez. Now, you're, you're always mentioned for, like, FGG and then occasionally, like, streaming-wise for ASC for Twitter, so. Usually, it's, it's just your name and then... Um, no, I'll, hey, I'll, I'm not worried about it. My greatness needs to be spread. Exactly. Oh, and we don't... I don't have a intro or, like, an advert yet in the beginning of this podcast, but... Everything that AS Inquisitor does, including the FCG podcast, is sponsored by AFK Clothing Co. Uh, they sell gaming apparel, so you can head on over to afkclothingco.com. And if you throw an ASI into the promo code box, you get 10% off. So I'm actually wearing one of their t shirts now. That looks slick. Yeah, he's got some new products coming out. So. And he was on an old podcast, too. In case you're wondering, it's green and white. So the AFK Clothing Company looks good. I think in the lettering's uh, really cool. I actually like the lettering of AFK. Yeah, well, I dig uh, baseball like tees mm-hmm. and stuff. A lot of my band T-shirts I notice are that. Right, like a Seven Dust one, a Papa Roach one. That's like the same cut. That's that's always been your style too. Yeah, I just really like them. So, which is funny because mm-hmm. I like don't. I've never played baseball. I'm not huge into baseball. I really don't care. <laughs> I mean, we loosely well, talk about many, MLB the show, but that otherwise. Well, was, how, how many people wear baseball caps that don't play baseball? Yeah, true enough. Yeah, fair. You know, it's. Yeah, no, it's just more of its own like this area. You get people wear cowboy hats, and most of them don't even get out of their house anymore. Yeah, or drive in the like middle of the city, big trucks and stuff who live in the middle of the city, and they're always closed and they're like pristine. Like they never haul anything, they never move anything. They yeah, don't, don't, don't have property up north, and they're like hauling fertilizer or something. That never happens. Oh yeah, they, they, just a pristine, pristine like new twenty ten something you know truck that has never been used. Until they... Except for driving back and forth to work. So don't forget the dents from hitting things, because some, okay. a lot of them don't even know how to drive. Oh, yeah. And they're gigantic. God, they are. Yeah. I see them I see them park, and uh, they, they park in, like, several spots, not because the truck is big, and sometimes I don't even think it's because they're necessarily being assholes. I just think they just suck at driving. Hey, oh, yeah. It's just this weird status thing here, and I don't know why, and I don't know what the status is indicative of, but it totally is. <laughs> Well, we had uh, we had our big snow uh, two or three years ago now. Something like that, yeah. Because they were allowed to be able to park right. 
Yeah. I had to dig out the other one. I and guess. that was, was, that was one of them that the other apartment. Um, we had the big snow target, you know, right there across the street. And uh, I, think, I think it was like two feet of snow. I was driving the Scion in that. Oh, uh, okay. TC, yeah, yeah. On the South Hill, little, little bubble car. And uh, I drive into the Target parking lot. And I park and I get out of the car and this guy in his SUV pulls up saying, You're gonna get you're gonna get stuck in that thing. Yeah. I'm just like whatever. whatever yeah, yeah. this is the car yeah. I have, I don't care. Exactly. So I go in, I come back out, <laughs> he put his truck up on one of the snowburns, he got himself stuck. That's amazing. And, and so I drove by, I rolled down my window, like, hey, you want me to tow you out? <laughs> God, I got the I got the <clears throat> death glare from him. He started it. He, yeah, he there started was it. no reason for him to say anything, but he chose to. So exactly. it's like, yeah, it's karma, unfortunately. And the you were addicted to a stranger for no reason. And the cherry on top was, uh, you know, he's sitting there in his like tank top shirt with you know, yeah, everything just hanging out, and he's like this, you know, yeah, freezing, okay, you know, yeah, like, yeah. It's winter time, yeah. A dumbass in his shorts and uh, tank top. You should, uh... which is another weird, like Spokane stereotype. Yeah. Almost like I, in there, it'd be like negative ten degrees outside, and you go to a grocery store, and there's like there's a lot of people for whatever reason. And yeah, like short sleeve shirts and shorts and flip flops. Sometimes even you're like, right. oh my god, it's been snowing. It's oh. December. <laughs> like, well, there are a lot of those people are actually from Alaska. Yeah, there are a lot of like of Alaskan migrants here for sure. Yeah. Like, which, I mean, it makes sense. It's like Washington's the closest state to Alaska. Right. <laughs> Where else are you going to go? Canada. <laughs> I guess. I, they don't want Alaskans. Canadians <laughs> don't want Alaskans. They don't want Washingtonians. <laughs> no. They don't want Oregonians. They, <laughs> no. they don't want, they don't want Americans. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's like, yeah, Colorado. Fine. Coloradoans. <laughs> Coloradoans? Idahoans. Idahoans, yeah. Idahoans. Washingtonians. Everything else works just fine. Alaskans, I guess it's it. Oh, Washingtonians kind of weird. Washingtonian is weird. Washingtonians. Yeah. Like how FGG, like especially in the beginning, because I've, I've listened to the other recordings as well, like, mm-hmm. and like edited them and stuff, and then put them out. Uh, always starts off like this. It's like, FGG is fucking great games, it's fantastic, and it works. Our audience actually likes it, but it's just so random and, like, very specific, like, information in the beginning, like, for the first hour. It's great. I, I swear we actually play games. We do, yeah. And not just with each other, I mean, like, <laughs> We do play video games. Everyone's fun. Play Towerfall. Game's awesome. Towerfall is awesome. Towerfall's great. It's one of my favorite, like, if not my favorite, like, co-op game. I still play. It's simple and it's fun. That's just you yeah, shoot. super arcadey, which I love. Mm-hmm. I love arcade games, like or that style now. I don't really get arcade games anymore, but I do have to say I like the music, but man, it does get annoying after a while. Just like old games. <laughs> yeah. Hey, no, 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 good morning, guys. For my chips. Yeah, it, it can be it's very repetitive, but it's mm-hmm. definitely very chip tune inspired. I mean, old games were repetitive. Oh yeah. Play, I mean, play Mario. You're doing the same thing over and over again. Yeah. There's like so much you could do. So bubble like, Bobble. Bubble, I forgot about Bubble Bobble. Spent many an hour on Bubble Bobble, and that's just a different, kind of a different level layout with the same damn game over and over again. Yeah. I remember playing a lot of, uh, I remember the Dolphin and the music drove me crazy in that game. That game was just frustrating, so I was always stuck in the same area with the same music. That game is frustrating. I think that's a game that we just want to love, and I think I still almost, do. 
Like, like that's the thing. Like, and I played it recently. I still want to love it, but it's right? just so frustrating. We we all secretly hate it. Yeah. Oh we yeah, we all do. Play it. We all spend a lot of time on it. the entire time. We're wanting to rip our hair out. Yeah. And then later on, you're talking about like time traveling dolphins. So there's really not even like narrative wise that's just gonna suck you in. That makes sense. <laughs> I still that game. Uh, it's really crazy as a kid, and I finally beat it as an adult, mm-hmm. like 21. First time I beat it. How accomplished did you feel? Fantastic. And I didn't play it for like 10 years. <laughs> You're like, finally, the torture is over. Yeah, I did it. I was like, I, I, I went through it and played it on the Genesis. I'm very happy. But that, that's actually game. making of a good game that if, even though everyone hates it, they all want to play it. Oh, yeah. And if you like Echo the Dolphin, you're lying. Yeah, nobody likes Echo the Dolphin. We just yeah. all want to like it. Yeah, that game is ridiculously hard. <laughs> oh, hard is fine. Hard yeah. is fine. It's like that it, game. Well, is... it's unfairly hard. I, mean, I should say, like the game just makes no freaking sense. Oh, it makes absolutely no sense. Again, Mario makes said, more sense. Yeah, Mario makes more sense. It makes more sense for a fat plumber to jump around in a world full of pipes. Yeah, I like how I read recently there is like an in-depth, like almost genealogy to Mario, which I was like not into. It's like the original Mario with Donkey Kong, like that's like Mario Brothers or like Super Mario World. That like that's his dad. Right, and I didn't, and it's Mario Mario, is like his name, and I was yeah. like, wait, I didn't know that. It's Mario Mario, and guess what Luigi's name is? <clears throat> Luigi Mario. Yep, <laughs> makes exactly. sense because their last their surname, I guess. I, I just love tricking people with that. You're like, that's oh, Mario Mario. Did you say Luigi like, Luigi? Yeah, yeah, yeah Luigi yeah. Luigi. It's like, no, they're brothers. <laughs> Come on. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. I was like, it's a surname, so which I just didn't know that. So right. Luigi Mario. It's just such weird backstory in some of those games that was like forced into it later. Luigi's obviously John Leguizamo. Yeah, of course. Yeah. He has to be. Of course. Yeah, there's, there's no other way. He's also in a, a, a miniseries. I'm trying to think what it was called. God, I can't think what it was called. He plays a bank robber uh, that used to be former military. It's, it's the name of a movie, too. That's the funny thing. But it's not the same thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Point of the month. You know? Um, God, why can't I think of the name? Oh, it was really, really well done. He does really good in that. Yeah, John Leguizamo is great. He, he is a great actor. Yeah. He's an underrated actor. He is. Like he's a good character. He's like one of the probably best character actors. His co-star in that is. Uh... Oh, I'm drawing a blank here now. Why can't I? Is the why can't I think of the name? You know, you know, and uh, the other guys. Uh, yes. The Will Ferrell's co-star in that. Uh, Mark Wahlberg. Yeah, it's the brother. Donnie Wahlberg? Yes, Donnie Wahlberg and John Leguizamo. I have a look at Nicholas Powers. There we go. But that's such a great series. It was a TV series? Yeah, it was a mini series. A mini series. It was like six or seven, like, uh, hour and a half long episodes or something like that. It was really, it was really well done. I really like it. And I've seen it like six times. How old is it ish? Five maybe I'm somewhere in there. Yeah, Mr. The Runaway ten episodes. Here, I'll have you look at this. Yeah, it'll stand out to you. I don't think I've seen it. Otherwise, I would try to. I'm pretty pretty knowledgeable about like the Kill Point. Okay, I did not see that. Yeah, yeah. That that was that was a good series too. I'm seven. Okay, you almost made it. Yeah, almost two years off. Yeah, that that was. I really liked it. 
<clears throat> yeah, John Lovers, that was great. I really like Donnie Wahlberg's another good one. I like him better than Mark Wahlberg. Not that Mark Wahlberg's bad. Honestly, I think a lot of it just has to do with the roles that Mark Wahlberg typically has now. Yeah. He's kind of, he kind of gets shoehorned into a lot of comedy roles now. He does now, which is interesting. Yeah, considering he wasn't. No, he, he was like the action star almost, or like the um, uh, blockbuster yeah. kind of man, you know. Especially with like uh, M.I. Chalmers happening, and then mm-hmm. uh, even like the newest trans, uh, I almost said Morphers. <laughs> Transformers and stuff like that. <laughs> I like Transformers. Every time I hear uh, John Leguizamo too, I always think uh, Benjamin Bratt as well. Mm-hmm. You don't see him in a lot of stuff yep. anymore either. Like Ariel and I just watched um, Demolition Man again. Okay, and he's in that. He's one of like yeah. the cops and stuff with Sandra Bullock and uh, Sylvester Stallone, of course. But Benjamin Bratt, he's pretty. He's got a funny role in that too. I, I love that movie so much too. And they start talking about um, they put on like the oldie station, mm-hmm. and, like classical music, and they're all um, like tunes from commercials. Like for cereal and stuff, like right. jingles and things. That's classical music because everything else has been like banned and outlawed. <laughs> I was like, that's fantastic. <laughs> I feel yeah. like that's what's going to happen to us. <laughs> I just think of Dragon Ball Z abridged. Uh, they have, they have the they're doing this the um, Android saga in there, mm-hmm. and they talk about uh, they talk about when when Trunks comes from the future to the past. And he's in uh, whatever ship with Bulma and Krillin. And, actually, I don't think Bulma's in there. I think it's just Krillin and uh, Gohan. Uh, Bulma calls. Uh-huh. And a ringtone starts with country music. And he's like, what is this? It's like, what, country music? Yeah. It's like, oh, this is country? It's like, what, you don't have country where you're from? It's like, well, uh, we, we used to, but when the androids appeared, it mysteriously disappeared. Okay, and then uh, and then it cuts later on to a scene with the androids with the androids now. They're driving a truck and they're driving a van, and they turn on the radio and country music pops on. Like, oh yeah, I forgot we're in the middle of uh, we're in the middle of nowhere. Yeah, and it's like you know what? I think I know what the first thing we're gonna do is. Anyways, continue on. <laughs> oh, I, I finished. That's <laughs> okay. That that was the. Uh, yeah, they, they did impl- pretty much imply that they got real country. That's hilarious. Yeah, oh, well, I mean, I it is know. it is reminiscent of like, that in Demolition Man where they do that where they got right. real music. That show's great. Uh, I love Dragon Ball Z Bridge. Team Four Star. Good. That's right. I'm promoting other people. Get over it. Oh, I do all the time. Yeah, they're popular in ways. I don't think they need my promotion. <laughs> Maybe one day they will. The tides will turn. <laughs> They'll be like, oh my god, this this random guy on this random podcast. He, Wouldn't it be like, great so, like if they were for whatever reason like just super into with like the pulse of everything? Right. Any kind of rumblings about them like comes their way. So like yeah. some Google styled algorithm. Right. That only they possess. That'd be great. That'd be amazing. Yeah, we had to take a momentary break because my cat decided to hide underneath my Christmas tree and the dogs were freaking out. And it was just that. And I helped the dogs freak out. The dogs are going to freak out regardless. They just, I don't want a Christmas tree being dragged through the house. <laughs> it's like, it's just disaster. But see, I want to see that happen. That's why I was barking. Yeah, for sure. 
Well, you think I was barking to make them stop? You're communicating with them. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm saying uh, keep going. <laughs> oh, you will stop. I misinterpreted. I, I misinterpreted. <laughs> I guess we'll dive into a segment. Uh, what games have you been playing? What have you been into? Anything well, in particular? I've been playing the BattleTech uh, game for PC. That game's a lot of fun. But you said that earlier. Yeah. Like you had kind of explained it to me as far as like the bigger picture there. Yeah, because I, I haven't really heard of it. The the overall story, I don't really know a whole lot about. I've never been too big to tabletop games. Yeah, and you know all the books associated with it. I played Mech Warrior. I loved I love Mech Warrior Two, Mech Warrior Three. Mm-hmm. I never played the first one actually. I hated the one of the ones I played for Super Nintendo. That one was bad. But yeah, yeah we don't need to get into that. We, we don't discuss this. Yeah, we don't discuss this. I don't remember what. There's two for the Super Nintendo. I don't remember which one it is. Oh, okay. But I know you have a, a bird's eye view of the the stage. There's one that's supposedly kind of first person as well. Interesting. That one's pretty good. I even heard the one I the one that I played. I heard that one's pretty good too. If you had a second player, you have one person operating the guns and one person operating the legs. I guess I don't know. I oh, that's kind of interesting. You ever played the PS2 game uh, PsyOps? No, I haven't. And that's an older one, but it was. I always loved the mechanics uh, with that because it's like uh, one, uh, like you play co-op too, and it is mm-hmm. more fun to play with two people. But one person controls the character, and then the other person controls like his like psychic powers. Okay. So it's like if you know player one, I always controlled the powers when I played it with a friend of mine, mm-hmm. and he controlled the character. And like uh, player one can also like shoot and stuff. It's like right. a military esque shooter with some like paranormal or like supernatural elements to it. Mm-hmm. And so he would be doing his thing, and as he was doing it, we had obviously like communicate work together, so I could use like his powers and stuff. Otherwise, he would just die you know, like immediately. So right. it's like, and if you're if he changed the field of vision, I could like grab something with like telekinesis or something and toss it his way then it would like as a miss or I could pull off the move, you know, he would die. Right. So but I it was like that reminded me of that. <clears throat> I call games that much anyway. Yeah, actually there's a, a bunch of them. Or I, I shouldn't say a bunch of them. I've I've played uh two really for a switch that operates that way. We have uh Mario Odyssey. Yeah. Uh, one person can control Mario and the other person control uh Cappy the hat. That's a good example. And then there's Astral Chain. Uh, one person control the main character, the other person control his little monster thing that he can summon for a limited amount of time. That's cool. I really want to play Astral Chain. I still haven't had a chance. That, that one's I'll, pretty I'll wait for a little cheaper. Yeah, <laughs> I haven't played much of it, but it's but it's pretty good at what I've played. I just keep getting distracted by other games. Yeah. Like Jedi Fallen Order. Yeah. And that, that game was a lot of fun, uh, mechanically. And you beat that one, right? Yeah, I did. Okay. I, I slaughtered that one. I got everything. Nice. On a hardest difficulty, too. That's cool. But it took forever. You know, basic enemies I would die against like a hundred times. Yeah, but I've uh, heard it's very like uh, Soulsborne esque. Yeah, it is. It like, is in combat structure. So it is. It's a little quicker in the combat than uh, the Souls games are. Maybe uh, like with Bloodborne, maybe. Yeah, I think it's even quicker than that, to be honest. I, mean, uh, I would kind of, I would kind of put it in between like Devil May Cry and Dark Souls. Oh, okay, that's cool. Mm-hmm. I would probably take that though. Yeah, and it's. It's a lot of fun. It's uh, uh, story wise, it's not really anything to shake a stick at. There, it's a very basic story. Your guy is a Jedi, a Jedi Padawan that's been hiding. Okay, been hiding for a while, and you start off. You 
a scrapper. Okay, or, yeah. That's, then, that's a very, like, basic trope, but a very Star Wars trope, too. Right. So. At least it's not on a desert planet, though. It's true! <laughs> yeah, we're not going to get a, a Luke and Ray incident. And that, that whole that whole scene where you're on the... When you're doing the scrapper stuff... Mm-hmm. Yeah, which uh, is pretty prominent in the trailer, so I remember that. Yeah, and that, there's, like, one point in the game that you're doing that. It's a really good tutorial for the game. Because it goes through all the climbing, all the running. And the, oh, okay, so, like, all the... Uncharted parkour, yeah, stuff. Or, yeah, it's really cool, and I kind of like how they do things like hide loading screens behind. Uh, let's say you're going through a crack to one area of the mm-hmm. level to the next, and That's the loading screen, loading. yeah, the loading screen is kind of like hidden behind that hole. Oh, interesting. Yeah. I kind of like that. It's like when they first started um, having loading screens, like cutscenes and stuff. Yeah, like that's that's a good like kind of animation or stuff for them. And remember when they started. Done like a dozen times. Every single cutscene you watched, <laughs> like it's been loading. Exactly. I, oh shit! Didn't realize. But yeah, pretty much uh, from there you get discovered because you try and save a person, and uh, at least that's what it seems like the reason why you get discovered. Yeah, they're actually kind of big about that. And yeah, so the call you, to action, right? And then you you go to you you go to uh, on the run at that point. Your new mentor ends up saving you with. Uh, with the ship from a old gambler. Okay. Uh, and uh, this Han Solo. <laughs> kind of. He's not a smuggler. Oh, okay. He's just, just a gambler. <laughs> he has a bad gambling habit, which actually gets you in trouble at the point in the game. That's kind of funny. That's right. Cool. I, I dig that. But it's uh, but yeah, it was it was a lot of fun. Uh, I like. I, a lot of people complained about this. Like, I'm not sure if you played Force Unleashed. Uh, a little bit. But uh, well, on there, uh, when you get your force powers, you know you use things like force push and whatnot, and they just blast everything. All your powers yeah. are so overpowering to every enemy. Uh, Whereas in this game, stormtroopers can be a threat. Oh, okay. So they work with the balancing a little bit, right? Which made sense for the which made sense for the character that you are because he's yeah. just a padawan. Yeah, he's exactly. Not, yeah, it's not like full fledged like uber powerful Jedi that's been studying for decades or something. Right. And on top of that, he hasn't used his force powers in five years. It was five years after Order sixty six. Oh, okay. So he got atrophied, really. Yeah, yeah. And you you're rusty. About, exactly. You talk about with what you did know, right? And there's a point in there towards the end of the game where you meet Darth Vader. Mm-hmm. And you know, in most of these games, even if Darth Vader is overpowering your character, you usually stand a chance. Yeah. Fighting against him. In this case, you are not even close to the same level. That's cool. Like you have a short sequence where you're fighting him, you don't even have a life bar. He just shrugs everything that you throw yeah, at him. Yeah, it doesn't matter. It's and Darth then Vader. It, then it goes to a cutscene and Darth Vader's like tearing the room apart and your guy's like, I gotta get out of here. Yeah. <laughs> That's awesome. I kinda like that because it's like Darth Vader's I mean, I was just a big daddy, you know, yeah. and super powerful. Like my favorite scene in, in Rogue One is the very end when he goes through and it's like you actually get to see Vader as like a wrecking ball. Yeah. Like, and very powerful and just doing his thing. And that's cool to hear that they did that in the game. Where yeah. It's like, oh, you're you're nothing compared to Darth Vader. Right. Like, he, we're, we're not going to gamify it, make it so that you have a chance, you know, and it's an honest boss battle. It's like, nah, this is just for cinematics and you're nothing. <laughs> like, and that's cool. And at this point, you've just been quote unquote knighted as a Jedi Knight. Yeah. By your master, your new master who, you know, is she's got a dark, 
know, secret and all that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then the usual tropes. Mm -hmm. Um, but yeah, that was just really cool. I like the fact that you're not this powerhouse. You are essentially what would a what a normal Jedi would be. Yeah, it's like within the lore in the universe, it's like the logical yeah. stepping stones. You know, you start off conclusions as, to what's going on. You start off as far weaker than a Jedi, and it ends up becoming to the point where you're just a standard Jedi. Yeah. Like you finally met the bar, <laughs> like, but you're not overpowered or crazy strong. Exactly. You fight a couple, you might be a little above average as far as the Jedi Knight goes, because you fight a couple of uh, the Inquisitors in the game. Yeah. And they're clearly strong in the Force and whatnot, but they seem to be, for the most part, normal just Force users. You yeah. don't see them like pulling down Star Destroyers or anything like Yeah. That. Not pulling a Vader. Yeah, pulling, <laughs> well, in this case, uh, pulling a uh, Star Killer. Oh, yeah, true. Yeah, yeah true. true. From Force Unleashed. Yeah. yeah. Valid point. Which that was, don't get me wrong, I love Force Unleashed, but there's a lot of things about your character in there, this, you know, Star Killer, that just mm. didn't make any sense. Pulling down a Star Destroyer. Yeah. I get that he's in orbit. It might, or the Star Destroyers, like, uh, kind of in the atmosphere, and it might be, once he gets that thing into the atmosphere, it might be easier to pull down. Yeah. Because, you know, they were manufactured in space, not manufactured to actually land on planets. Yeah, absolutely. But, uh... Which is fairly common in kind of Star Wars universe, so. Right. And I get that it was a big strain on him. But we're, we're talking about God levels of force. Yeah, well, it kind of breaks the canon at the time, for mm -hmm. sure. And it's more gamified. Right. It's more, we want you to be, like, super powerful and make it look cool and feel cool, rather than, like, oh, no, this actually fits in everything and can be cool. Right. Just in a different way. And I like, <laughs> I do like how, uh, um, Yahtzee in Zero Punctuation uh, uh, puts it, he's uh, it just left me. <laughs> gone! Yep, it's gone. Mm. Just watch that review, it's, it's funny. Um, it's actually, that's actually one of my favorite reviews of his, because he doesn't just talk about the game, he actually talks about the, the direction that AAA games have been going. Yeah, which is true. Which actually brings up a a uh, different point. Um, this game, you know, he talks about how great, how how great it was, and like not really how great it was. He's saying you came with a perfectly adequate game, yeah, which is as far as AAA games can go. And like me, for example, I absolutely loved Jedi Fallen Order, mm -hmm. but I wonder if it, if I loved it, if the reason I love it is because it's actually a really great game, yeah, or if other AAA games I've been playing just haven't been very good. Yeah, yeah. So it like exceeded a different mark. Right. Yeah. Like within yourself rather than in general. Like holistically across the board. Exactly. Like yeah. Assassin's Creed is actually a good example of that. Mm -hmm. I didn't like Odyssey. Yeah. I didn't like Origins before I absolutely loved and that how long ago has it been since that game's come out? Oh man, it's been a while. Like what are we talking about? Maybe almost ten years? Yeah, I and mean, that's I, I think, think that quite, sounds I don't think it's quite been that long. Um Oh no, I know. It came out. It would have been 2013. Yeah, that's still. Quite yeah, a while seven. Ago. What? Six years, seven. Yeah, almost seven. But yeah, because it was. Um, that was the cross gen Assassin's Creed. Yes. Like, I remember very distinctively buying it on the PS3, like the October it came out, and then mm -hmm. I or November, and then the PS4 launched. And I spent the ten dollars and upgraded, right. and played the rest of it on the PS4. Yeah, so it would have been 2013. And I actually love that game. Favorite Assassin's Creed. <laughs> yeah, that's uh, a great one. Unity was, eh. 
uh, Syndicate I thought was really good. Yeah. Uh, Story-wise, there are some areas where it fell short, but mm-hmm. I still really liked it. I love, uh, I, I, I love the twins in there. Yeah, which twi- I it like was, that as well. Syndicate is one of my favorites. Right. I love how Evie just cleans up uh, Jacob's mess. Jacob's yeah. mess the entire game, even in the DLC, which is funny. Right. Yeah. She was actually a really good character, but you could see the frustration of that in that character. She was like. Which added to them, this. This, their sibling nature, too. Yeah, yeah. Because yeah. that's really how siblings good. would react to one another. It's like, I'm going to do it because your family and you're my brother, but this is getting fucking annoying. <laughs> like, I'm tired of cleaning up after your messes. Like, and, and I like how she's like, all right, we've got to help this city. And Jacob's like, yeah, yeah, that's great and all. I, we should start a gang. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that'll help. <laughs> it's like, oh, we, this, this gang? I mean, come on, we can do all sorts of things. Like, what? Make the gang larger. <laughs> Yeah, it's like gangs in New York, except London. And I want to, <laughs> I want to name it after that that one uh, that one checkers piece. Yeah, I know, I know. Uh, the Rooks. <laughs> Jacob's such a dork. He was great to play as though. I, 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 I love the like Sherlock esque uh, boxing matches and stuff. Yeah, right. that boxing that was fun. I, I I like I also really like the outfits in that game. That's some cool ones. Um, but yeah, that game that game I thought was really well done. I mean it. It kind of both Unity and that kind of pulled back from a lot of mechanics that I like with the ship battles. Yeah, I absolutely love the ship battles in four. It's and yeah. Rogue, Rogue is a really good game as well alongside Unity. So it's yeah, push yeah especially it's like how get at the time next gen Assassin's Creed. So I was excited about Unity and there's a lot of promises there, that, especially in the beginning were fulfilled. Right, and then. Yeah, they ended up changing the rules. Like they were initially set like a week apart or two weeks apart, and then they came in for the same day. It was definitely forgotten about. And that one's great too. Yeah, Rogue yeah. is an alien. I don't think as good as four, but a worthy successor to four. Definitely. Hardly anybody played it, which is unfortunate. Probably more people play it now with the remasters. And it was cool great. playing as an assassin who turned to a Templar. And seeing oh, yeah. a darker side to the assassins that you haven't seen since the first Assassin's Creed. <laughs> yeah, it's definitely... Uh, there's only been, like, moments where they've shown that. Yeah. You know, and, and that was really yeah, a full-fledged title where it was like, oh, here it is. Like, and that, oh, game, that was awesome. And the story in that game linked other games together. Oh, that, yeah, Three. it did a really good job. Like, 3 is technically the sequel to Rogue. Yep. I mean, I guess you'd say Rogue is a prequel to that one, but... Uh, yeah, as, as terms of, like, chronological release. Yeah. yeah. Um, and then it also led into Unity, the very beginning of Unity. Yeah. So you understand exactly what happened there. Yeah. As far as, like, your character's father dying and all that. And I have to say, Unity is not as good of a game without Rogue. Now, there's some... There's some franchises more... More dominantly in film, in my opinion, that are like that, especially with trilogies of movies, where it's like without the complete trilogy or without the pairing, right. like the weak one would be really bad. But if you've like consumed all of that media, you know, like, so like for example, in my opinion, you get like the first three Daniel Craig Bond movies, so you get Casino Royale, Quantum of Solace, and then they finished up with, uh, Right. What's the name of his house? Skyfall. There we go. Jesus. 
Uh, I don't think it's called Jesus. <laughs> no. Skyfall, though, or Skyfall was amazing and very unique in its own mm-hmm. right. Casino Royale was received very well and, like, an awesome start for Daniel Craig. And it was a lot of people's favorite Bond movies still. Uh, Quantum Solos, though, especially without Skyfall, like, before it released, is, like, the weakest of those, like, by far. It's very, like, kind of stereotypical Bond movie. Yeah. Not a whole lot of anything new added or, you know, even a change in, like, pacing. And so... But once you have Skyfall, you're like, oh, that makes sense. You just bridge the gap story-wise to Skyfall. And, right. if, and if you go back and watch them, especially in order, it's like, oh, Quantum Solace actually makes more sense. And it's a better movie because of Skyfall. Right. <laughs> like, this way it works the other way, but it's like something else in the franchise or string of games makes that game better. I do have to say Daniel Craig has the most athletic interpretation of James Bond. I like how he's kind of just like a, not a fuck-up per se, but... Like, he's rough and tumble. It's oh, like yeah. a little bit more realistic, where it's like, he's the shit beat out of him. He doesn't always win. But it's like, yeah, that's realistic. I like that. They, well, didn't it start out when, isn't it uh, when Bond starts out? Didn't Casino Royale is the very first book, and in the beginning of that movie, he is just a section chief. And so mm-hmm. that's his first mission as a double O. And yes. it does run pretty parallel to the original novel. Right. Or like the novel. It's, it's actually a pretty good representation. Um, the only difference being that that narrative is framed um, by like Bond telling a story of the past. Okay. So it's book ended by he's like on a yacht with one of his friends in the Caribbean, and he's like he's there with ostensibly a Bond girl. Um, it's like his friend and his wife who own this yacht and stuff, and they're very wealthy. And he's like telling them the story of Casino Royale. Mm-hmm. So it's like he's been a double agent for a long time. And it's, you know, this was a long time in the past when he right. first became. It's just an interesting story. That's really the only thing that's changed about it from the book to and film, which makes sense to edit it that way anyways. And because of that, it makes, because it's his beginning, it makes sense that he would be a little rougher. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Agent. And it's also the first time in the series where they, like, actually directly um, gone from one plot to the next, or plot points from a prior Bond movie and carry forward. So, right. Which has been pretty consistent in But that's that's just my example of that because I agree. I think Rogue leads very well into Unity and make Unity a little bit of a better game, just in the same way that Skyfall like retroactively made Quantasaurus a better movie, right? Or a better Bond movie. Yeah, no, it was. I, I just really like Rogue. Rogue's a good one. Four is my favorite, but Rogue was Rogue was really good. Awesome go through. All those early ones are pretty damn good. Yeah. Origins I enjoy. It's just, you know, as we've talked as we've talked about, uh, mechanically it was a little weird, mainly with the leveling system. The yeah. battle system was something I could, you know, get used to. So I mean every couple of games Assassin's Creed has switched up, you know. Yeah, the formula. Yeah, the formula quite a bit, and that's perfectly fine. Change is fine. It was definitely a, um, I think a more drastic change mm-hmm. between I think the like the second most drastic change to the franchise would have been between one and two. I actually think the change from uh, from four to Unity is pretty drastic. Really? Yeah. I feel like they just they cut so much stuff off. That... Well, they they got rid of the quick kill mechanics. Yeah. Um. They got rid of they got well they got rid of a lot of the easy combat in general. They did. Like that That's game. True. That game definitely had a larger emphasis on uh, um, a larger emphasis on 
sneaking around. Yeah. Combat was not a viable, a, a very viable solution in both Unity and uh, and Syndicate. Yeah. Uh, it was doable. Yeah. Like you could fight, you could fight a group of guys, but you couldn't just be like, "Oh, I'm going to kill this guy and now, I can instantly kill the next guy and the next." Yeah, guy the next which, guy. which the prior ones really were kind of built on that, especially right. with Ezio in particular. Yeah, you just go counters or chain kills. Mm-hmm. And then uh, they added in the um, a different kind of uh, crafting system for your equipment. You level up your equipment. Yeah. That one, I just, I, I know and I played a lot of it and through it. I barely remember Arno as a character and his personality or the story. The thing I didn't like about the story. I, I feel like it's just so big. Like, I I still vividly remember, like, Paris and, like, mm-hmm. how it was designed and going to, you know, you do it quite a bit, but you go to, you know, like, Notre Dame and stuff mm-hmm. like that. Like, I remember that, like, how it looked and, like, the, I guess, the feeling of the city and stuff and, like, the level design. Right. But I just don't remember, like, the narrative hardly at all, or or Arno's personality and character. Which, even okay. with the other ones, whether I liked them or not, I remember the character. Right. And I'm, like, better apt to, like, critique or, you know, praise. I don't know what it is about that one, but it's just, like, a black hole. <laughs> like, I'm just, like, I don't... I don't know if it was just forgettable for me, and it, was just, like, it just didn't strike a chord right. in any one way or the other, so I just don't remember. I know Ar- Arno's mentor called Pisspot. Yeah, see, I don't remember that, like, at all. He, all I remember is my wife and I shouting at the TV, Arno, 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 as he, like, backflipped into nothing and, like, effectively committed suicide. And it was the I've, exact opposite of the my button presses. I've done that shit in every Assassin's Creed game. <laughs> I, there's I've been times where I've definitely done it, like, mm-hmm. in, like all of them as well. I, I feel like it was, like, once every few games. <laughs> like, yeah, I was like, I don't know what it was, but I had a difficult time with that one. The story in that game, they just they did a lot, a lot of almost Deus Ex Machina type stuff. Mm-hmm. Like Arno's ability to, uh, uh, after drinking whatever, whatever stuff, joining the assassins, like he had that drink that kind of put him through a vision trip almost. Yeah, okay, I vaguely remember that. Yeah, and then he he had the, the ability. Yeah, right. <laughs> and then he had the ability to like read people's minds when he killed them. Yeah, I feel, I feel he, like that was really like trying to like shoehorn in the, the little the like the little animations that we took with like Ezio and stuff. Mm-hmm. It's like I feel like that there didn't even need to be an explanation. No, they, they don't. They didn't need. They just. They I was just thought it was just like oh, it's a private moment between them two. Like, right. Like stuff's going on around them, of course. But as a player and for like uh, cinematography's sake, it's like oh, we're just it's a private moment between them and then like, this little conversation right before they die. My favorite one of those moments in all the Assassin's Creed games was actually in Assassin's Creed 2 when uh, when Ezio kills that um, that childhood bully guy or whatever. Oh, yeah. He kills him. He's, like, shaking his body. Yeah, yeah. And uh, that's when his uncle, you know, goes up to him and is like, you got to respect the dead. Yeah. And then it's and then, like, yeah, and then it really switches, too. I and mean, he actually is very... Yeah, it just takes his own advice. Kind of yeah, down. So it takes it more seriously, and is respecting the dead. I just that one. Yeah, I remember the eyes of the feather, like, and then yep. they mark them with their blood. And I those are high school moments. Now, oh guess. yeah, that, that was really cool. That was my favorite one of all those moments. Which you do it raw, you know? Yeah, you see this this kid 
He's a kid in this at this point. He doesn't understand anything other than his own feelings. Yeah. And he knows that this this kid that he's hated was one of the people responsible for his family's death. Yeah. So so it's more just, guttural. It's more visceral. Yeah, he's just angry. He's a lot of emotion towards this character. And the other characters, although he hates them, um, the other characters he ends up killing, although he doesn't, well, I should say he doesn't like them, he doesn't have that, that personal feeling towards them. Yeah. That's this guy. Yeah, it's not a personal attachment. Yeah, that was a good one. Those are really good. I can't think of any others that are nearly as good. I liked how they did it in Origins, and I know you haven't been a big fan of like a lot of the more like uh, mystical kind of elements that they mm-hmm. included in the last two, especially, but I like some of the ones with Bayek where it's like there's uh, a larger scene mm-hmm. after, and it's like a battle of wills almost. Like, whether Bayek's actually right or has actually killed this person. Right. And it's like, you know, he'll fight like a giant snake or something as the person's like uh, cackling at him or like mocking him. Bayek has to like overcome that and then kill him in this very like surreal kind of also yeah. vision quest kind of like scene and of course you know being the nature of the you know, he does you come out on top and like finish it and kill him but I thought that was really interesting it fit very deeply into Egyptian culture right. as well it, so I like those ones it was definitely a very mystical scene but to me at least in my head it was it was a struggle that he was having in his head. Kind of like that's how I took it as well. That it wasn't at, like necessarily happening. It was just oh, this is him processing emotions of this conflict, or even maybe this actual fight or battle internally, like right. you said. But it's also being filtered through his culture and beliefs. Exactly. So it's like he's making these associations that we're just seeing it as, a, as a player. You know? Right. It's kind of like with uh, Altair in the first game, when he went to go, when he, you know, demoted, yeah. and then uh, goes and kills, you know, Templars, he, he's asking these Templars why they're doing what they're doing, Yeah, telling them, and to him, it's like, wow, that actually sounds very reasonable, it seems like you just want to do what's best for the world, Yeah, and he has to go and uh, commune with, uh, I do Assassin's Creed, or I forget everything, apparently. I can't um, remember his name in but you know, I he goes. Ages. I mean, I remember that. Yeah, was, you know. and he goes and talks to him. It's like he apparently just wants to do this, like that. It makes sense, and he just why are we killing these people who just want to do good? Yeah, and he's like the the way they want to do good is not good, essentially. Yeah, and also it foreshadows a little bit towards the ending. So right. Is... Spoilers, if you, in case you haven't played this fifteen-year-old uh, game. game. Yeah, that's fine. But, I don't uh, think we can spoil. Yeah, it's spoil a, anything. Uh, yeah, not really. I mean, it's, 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 the cake is a lie. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, it was. It, it's just like that, and except now you're you're seeing that moral conundrum inside. Yeah, it's like visually represented, mm-hmm. which makes sense because like that game's uh, often you know times become more stylish, mm-hmm. or you know, there's more they can do on the, the programming or animation side, the artwork side to it, just because the hardware increases. So from the first Assassin's Creed something like Origins. That makes sense. Right. Plus, um, maybe even writing-wise, it's like that That could just be, you know, a note or something like just loosely related to the, the storyline of that. It's like, I, I would imagine that they had some foresight into the future, but probably not 15 years into the future how successful of a franchise it would be. 
Right. And so now now creators are putting their like personal spins on certain things that could have just been a footnote in a script with the first one, you know? I, or we can visually represent, you know, this uh, body of work. Speaking of how long Assassin's Creed has gone on, I was watching uh, Zero Punctuation for Assassin's Creed 4. Mm-hmm. And he's, he's like, Assassin's Creed has just become a uh, has just become a line graph that you're drawing down. At the end of the line graph is Ubisoft. So I'm very nervous about the stapler he's holding. <laughs> yeah, true story. Like he he na- he nailed it. It's like it at least for me. It's like you know this for me. Maybe it has gone on a little too long. Maybe what's well, crazy maybe the though just because with Origins and in particular Odyssey, there's been a ton of fans who've dropped off and have played Assassin's Creed in years, but they've had the biggest numbers with Odyssey mm-hmm. that they've ever had because they've drawn so many people back to it right with this you know reboot and that's interesting because you and i differ in opinion greatly on odyssey which doesn't happen to like there'll be points of games we might disagree on right or how we interpret them like we had a good conversation earlier about the last of us yeah but it wasn't a disagreement over whether the game was good or bad we both thought it was good we just interpreted the ending differently well with assassin's odyssey you're like i hate it like i don't like it you know Um, and for me it's one of my favorites yeah, I really don't. I mean, it's I don't I don't mind the fact that you're not really an assassin. That doesn't really bother me because I mean, Assassin's Creed Four, you weren't an assassin in that game until like the very end. Yeah, I mean, you were, and he really didn't want to be anyways. He wanted to be a pirate. Yeah, his interest, he wanted to be a privateer, which is what he always said in the beginning. <laughs> his interests, you know, code his, for pirate. His interests just did not mesh with uh, assassins. In 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 the. In Odyssey, I found it really hard to care about the story. Um, I found it... I did not care for the mechanics in the game. The combat was the same as Origins. That was fine. Um, the, for a game about sneaking around, they definitely they definitely discouraged it. Cause, I mean, anyone who's just one... Even, even just one level higher than you, you can't sneak attack and kill them in one hit. Yeah, you know, or used to be able to just like hide their body after killing them. It was yeah, a very yeah. tactical thing to do. Try and stay out of combat to uh, to go through this game. And I, I get it. This is, you know, you're essentially a Spartan mercenary. You're a mercenary, you yeah. Know, and I, I get that. You're very much uh, this character is very much a person who would rush into combat. Yeah, it's very. It is very combat heavy. Yeah, it does. I actually never. I didn't notice until we started talking about this. Like, it is. Like, you're absolutely right. Like, they do. They remove like pretty much all of the stealth. Like, I mean, you still can to a degree, but with the kind of more RPG mechanics that they have in it now, it is a lot more difficult. You know, right? Because there have been times too when I've been playing where I've tried to stealth assassinate somebody, I just haven't realized they're you know one level higher than you. So the combat's fairly easy. Uh, but yeah, it doesn't kill them. And you're like, ah, oh, shit. You know? Right. And, and it does have dynamic leveling on top of it, so it's like, they're at least the same level as you. And then on top of that, it it promotes the sandbox level of exploration. But yeah, then, it, is, it is. That's one issue I've had with Origins and Odyssey. They're too big, in my opinion. Oh, that, that honestly doesn't bother me. I'm okay with big. I mean, it does distract from the story and everything. There's else just so much to do. Is. Like, it just blows my mind. Like, I mean, I'm or, not. I haven't been actually ever like dissatisfied with my exploration, uh, especially of Odyssey. I feel like Origins World was very sparse. 
Like, they had all these other districts that really did not need to be there. Right. Like, or areas, because it was, like, all desert, and there's, like, one location. That's, like, but it makes the map look a lot larger. And I, But I, for the Egypt setting, like, okay, I can get this. And then they they usually filtered in, like, events and stuff that were in that area. So I was, like, okay, I can get that. Odyssey is, like, a very full world. Like, there's a lot. <laughs> like, and there's always cities there and people, and it's very bustling. And if anything, that would be a plus for me. The problem I have... That part is a plus. Yeah. I'm just saying, like, there, there's so much time to explore, because it's just so huge. But I, I've never been, like, unhappy with me exploring in Odyssey, because it is full and Well, no, and it, I like that part. Exploring is fine. It's just, if you are under-leveled in an area... Yeah. Like, it, you know, getting into combat, which is pretty much the main, you know, open combat, which is the main way to get through... Yeah. You know, areas... And obviously very guard. focused on, because it's, you know... Yeah. It's an action RPG now, right? Two levels higher than you, and the enemies are are uh, you know near impossible to kill. Like I don't yeah. want to spend like ten minutes trying to kill a very basic enemy, and then there's six of his buddies there. Which is crazy because I never really ran into that because it's like maybe I forced myself into a more linear movement. I just went always went to. I've been playing it hard, mm-hmm. um, which you and I both do for games, anyways. Yeah. But. I would just go to the next weakest area. Mm-hmm. And by the time I cleaned out that area and then did whatever story mission and then moved on to the next, it was like, I was fine for that area. And then I would, I've never had an issue with like going or wanted to even an area that's like five levels higher. Right. Which but, is a way into funneling gameplay, mm-hmm. but it's also for a game that's very, it seems like it beckons to be open. Well, to that, do that's... anything and be anything. Well, that's what I'm saying. Like, but the way I'm most... playing it is not that. It's I'm like making it linear, so right. it, I haven't run into that issue. That's what I'm saying. Like it promotes this, like I said, the sandbox level of exploration, and then yeah, which is slaps, true. It does, and it slaps you in the face with like, ah, uh-uh, you can't do this over here because yeah. you're just too low level. I mean, which is true. Really, yeah. If you really want to spend all day killing this group of six soldiers, go for it. That's yeah, it, do, it does seem to be, yeah, that would be tedious though on the ground. I mean, I wouldn't, I haven't played that way, but mm-hmm. I, I wouldn't want to do that. <laughs> but like, and then the war between uh, uh, the Persians? Like, the, uh, like, the, it, it, like present in the story? Yeah, in the story. Oh, that's between uh, the Spartans and the Athenians. The Athenians. I, why do think for, I think because I'm thinking of uh, 300 probably. <laughs> well, yeah, which does relate to the story, but it yeah. was several hundred years prior. Which, is it just me, or does Leonidas and uh, one captain guy exactly the same? But... Yeah, and I haven't finished Odyssey, and I was always wondering, because he's just always there. Yeah. And then he has, he's a quest giver as well, mm-hmm. for really weird quests later on. I think there's also a Prince of Persia tie-in, too. That one's right. Which, that, if, given the time period and everything going on, and the fact that it's Ubisoft and Assassin's Creed. Right. sprung from the ashes of Prince of Persia. It would make sense. Um, but yeah, I wondered that too. I was like, are you like Leonardo's like reincarnate or like some weird ancient civilization thing that's going to fit into this story at some point? Like you never died? Or, or it was like, yeah, I don't... Just, just like, well, you know what? Whatever. We'll just push that aside. Because he does just, just show up and then he's just always there. That's just a nitpick. Like that's a very small... I, yeah, and I don't know how that plays out by the end right. of the story. Like I actually have... I've been exploring so much and doing because the world is so big. I have done only like the first five chapters. Mm-hmm. That, it's, that's where I'm at. Like I can't even upgrade my spear in Odyssey anymore because mm-hmm. I have not done enough story. Have, have you gotten to the ship combat yet? Yeah. 
I have the ship and everything. I've done like almost all of the islands, and then I've gone through um, like that introductory mission after you get off of the islands, where you right. can, you can uh, battle your father. Mm-hmm. And then I've gone to Athens, and then like I said, most of the islands. Because now it's, it's at the point where almost every single area on the map is just my level, right? Because it's like I'm almost maxed out. The love capsule was fifty, so for the base game at least, it's ninety nine now. But right. In Assassin's Creed 4, I absolutely love the ship combat. In fact, I'm playing the remaster on a Switch. I'm like I, less interested in yeah. Odyssey for some reason, even though that's like, you know, 4 is one of my favorites, and it's because of the ship combat. It's it's because the ship combat doesn't really have a place in Odyssey. Like, there's not really there's not really any point to it, whereas with, uh, like, you're just kind of handed a ship, like, hey, here you go, and... Uh, you are, because it's like, that one game was like helping you out with pretty much yeah, you get, well, he gives you a ship, and the ship's not really important. You know, it's, it's really not important. Where, like, in Origins, you had the, the ship stuff, where it's kind of like a sideshow to the rest of the yeah. rest of the series. Where in this, in this game, it, 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 was, was the, it was the focus, but you don't need it. Whereas with 4, the ship is your world. It is, yeah. And, and, well, and I kinda, think to the... And maybe that's kind of what I was stabbing at with, like, the size of the world. Mm-hmm. Like, it's just, there's so much more to do on land and so much more landmass, just period, in Odyssey than there was for that I, I end up usually just fast travel. Mm-hmm. Like, I could fa- now I can fast travel something close by you know, there, or take a horse there or whatever. Oh, what about, what about the explore, the ex- was it exploration mode? Oh, yeah. Where it's like, oh, hey, uh, so you can just go to point on map. You can just go yeah. to the point on map. Or you can do exploration mode, send your hawk out, find the point on map, then go to the point on map. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> exploration mode. It's like, does, does that really, does that add anything to the game? I, I, I mean, just, I don't know. I think that is more, um, I, I did that. Like, that's what I did. So I'm like, oh, maybe I'm, maybe I'm missing something. I think that it was more because of like what they added on to Origins where you could do like, there were almost like mini docks and stuff, mm-hmm. and, ex- and that was like exploration mode. And there was like the whole separate mode that you could do to learn about Egypt and Egyptian culture and all that stuff. Yeah. I feel like that was like shoehorned into Odyssey before that, like whether it's a free patch or not, was added on. And that goes to my probably my biggest issue with Odyssey is it's a series of things that were just shoehorned in from previous games. The the ship stuff, I I definitely agree with that. It's like it's almost directly pulled from the pages of four, but it doesn't really right. Like it would it wouldn't bother me if it wasn't in it, like Origins, mm-hmm. you know, or if it was conducted the same way, where it was like you just had separate missions where you were on a boat or a ship, right? And that's I like that it's there though. That's the thing. Right? It's like I do like that it's there. Whether I, you know, and I'm and I'm indifferent to battle. Like the ship part because I probably... still like doing the ship battles and stuff. It just hasn't gripped me as much as it did with four. But I can't tell if it's just like it's been so long mm-hmm. since we've had that from four and Rogue that it's like it's lost its luster for me. Maybe, but I haven't gone back and played four like you have. Yeah, I went back and like I was thinking so, that maybe I had just lost interest in the Assassin's Creed games, yeah. including the ship battles. Like, it's probably my favorite part of Odyssey. Yeah. But, unfortunately... Uh, you think it's so better conducted in 4? Oh, definitely. Odyssey, yeah. But it's like it's kind of like, uh, oh, you know, this is probably my biggest, my favorite pile of garbage. My yeah. My favorite part of this pile of garbage, but it's still... 
garbage. Yeah, still not. not to say all my is necessarily garbage. It's just something I don't like. Yeah, no, I, I'm, I'm, um, it's more like a pickle. Like yeah, this. yeah, it's like this is a, a opinionated podcast as it is. That's why right. I thought it'd be a good episode because I like so much about Odyssey and the fact that it it did cobble together like all, in my opinion, the best features of almost all of them, and then put it in one. Like I'm like, this is great. And that's it's why it, it, like it's not my favorite of all of them. Um, I still love NCO. So and see, for I me, think- Brotherhood is my favorite still. And for me, I think they took the best the best qualities of the other Assassin's Creed games and just did not implement them very well in its own games. Yeah. And that's that's kind of how I feel about it. That's why I feel, like I said, it's just a bunch of things that were shoehorned in there. It's like you have you have elements of greatness here. Yeah. And then there's like there's this big disconnect with doing the doing the ship stuff and going to the regular exploration or I say, uh, I, I, I honestly think it's like too big. Like, and I thought Origins was too big. Like, especially as a trophy hunter, even like going back through and doing, like in Origins, like you gave me a copy because I didn't have mine anymore. Right. I was like a trophy away from a platinum for that. I'm like, like Lizard, no, I'm a fucking trophy hunter, so it's like I'm going for that platinum. And it's right. Assassin's Creed, one of my favorite franchises. Um, I realized why I hadn't done that one trophy. It was because you had to go to every single location on the map and do everything there. <laughs> At each one, and I was like, "Oh my god, this this map that's, is uh, so big!" Yeah, like that. It's just one trophy is so time consuming. Like, even though I love this world, I find it beautiful. And I think it's really cool. I didn't really like the chariot races, by the way. Chariot races were cool. I, I spent that, one. that chariot races and origins was like the shift battles for me in uh, four. Yeah, I like the chariot races. I spent races. so much time on that. I really like the bounty system and stuff that they started doing. I thought that was awesome. And then, oh, that was another thing I thought was kind of shoot in with uh, Odyssey was the mercenary system on there. They tried to they tried to kind of add this uh, like nemesis system from uh, yeah, like uh, Shadow of Mordor, from, yeah, yeah, Shadow from, of War, yeah, and and I just it again that was another thing I felt was very poorly in, implemented. That's also because I really liked it. Like I thought it was I, awesome. I was just like these these mercenaries don't have the personality that the orcs uh, orcs did in uh, yeah, and the nemesis system though is. Yeah, it was top notch. That was right. they innovative. I wish that was in more games. Just period. Yeah, How I do, it was I do in those too. Games. And to be perfectly honest, I appreciate them putting it in Odyssey. Yeah, I just w- wish they would have put more work into it. Yeah, I wish they had almost directly lifted where you could like manipulate. Even if it was like fit into the kind of the mercenary tone, where it's like you're like bribing, and you're that, extorting mercenaries to gain their allegiance, kind of a thing. And that would have been that, that would have cool. been great, given the you know the war concept of the game. Oh, yeah, because it's like, that is something that bothers me in Odyssey, by the way, is uh, your character, whether you're Alexios or Cassandra, uh, could easily just flip. Like, because you are Spartan. Yeah. But it's like, and the, the game does give you choice or leeway in some way. It's pseudo choice. But it makes it seem like you're going to, based on your actions, even if they're modeled, be more allegiant to either the Athenians or the Spartans in this conflict. Yeah. And, and it's the, what, the Peloponnesian Wars. Right. And I've noticed is that you could literally, for each area, which always has a conquest battle for mm-hmm. Spartans and Athenians, uh, pick whichever one. And I always just pick the hardest one, and it's not always one side. Right. And so I end up just flipping back and forth, and like none of the NPCs that are distinctly one or the other, or if you run into another you know, Spartan commander in another region, and you've consistently sided with the Athenians they don't say anything it's as if they don't know anything 
but bounty hunters from across the world know exactly who you are and where you are. Right. And it's like, so there's some kind of knowledge or information passing, at least in a game sense, but it's not worked into the conquest battles at all. And so it has can, no consequence. I can actually see that in a, in a warlike setting in the conquest battles. Yeah. When you're, when you're fighting, you don't care who you're fighting against, typically. At least yeah. back in back in those days, it's just, we, you are on that side, we're going to kill you. Yeah. I don't care if you are if you are my brother, I don't care if you're my dad, yeah, yeah, I don't yeah. care if you're my my wife's sister's uh It just pulls I'll, me out of it a little bit just because we've had the political games with political RPGs mm-hmm. like Final Fantasy Twelve we talked about earlier. Like if you suddenly flip sides like, the other side would know you pissed mm-hmm. off. Like that would be a bait and switch, even a strict narrative. And it's like and a game that offers you choices, and it, that's why I said it's like under the guise of consequence. There really is no consequence, right? And that's right. again, it just made it really failed to make me care. Yeah, I because we talked earlier about this before we started recording this podcast, like within the last week or two via mm-hmm. text, and um, when we were talking specifically about like because uh, I'm assuming you played it as Alexios, like I yeah, was, I yeah. So like Alexios I'm is the protagonist. Yeah, I was just like, yeah, I like it. Okay. And um, it obviously then puts the one you didn't pick as uh, like the villain. Mm-hmm. I'm assuming it's up as the villain or pseudo villain um, in the storyline, at least in the beginning or like half the beginning. But I do agree that it's like, it does make that, whatever, that character bland. Mm-hmm. Like, but I do find myself like more invested in the in the side characters and like the people around them because that obviously is like scripted for whoever you pick but i find them like excellently like written and like mocap and there's like really funny moments like very definitely like greek culture but um it's like what is so- socrates has a friend who's also a philosopher and it's like you could choose whether to like sleep with him or have an orgy like, or right. you could choose not to. And then he makes you do all these, like, ridiculous, silly quests, like, for many, many hours. And then you get to the end of it, and it was like, oh, no, I was manipulating all these events around you so that I could be married to this person. You're like, well, we slept together, like, three times. Like, because every time I had a chance, I was like, I don't say this, dude. Like, screw right. it. And then okay. Socrates would pop up in the middle and give you like these little philosophical puzzles and stuff, and then it was like, "What's right or wrong?" And then you can decide how you finish that quest based on how you feel from a more, you know, Socratic viewpoint or not. I mean, it was like those depth moments like stand out to me like quite a bit more so than other Assassin's Creed. But I mean, and see, I that think- was only parsed out with us talking. I do agree the characters are bland, and I think that's because it's hidden under the guy again I, the guise of choice. And see, I. It, and it actually, the you know the main characters being bland actually made me care about the side characters less. Although mm. they were cool and well written, um, a lot of like say Assassin's Creed Two with uh, Leonardo da Vinci, yeah, a lot of a lot of what made the characters interesting is how they interact with each other. And if they're interacting, like, it almost felt like these really cool characters were interacting with a brick wall. Yeah, and that and that just made the whole interaction just bland. Yeah, well, and I think with, like, Assassin's Creed uh, 2, or the one with, um, Leonardo da Vinci, I always thought it was weird that it was, like, Ezio usually just went by himself and conversed, you know, there was never anybody else. Mm -hmm. And it was like that for all of them. It was, like, 
just him went, it was like, it didn't make them feel like they were all interconnected or knew each other or were part of a broader, like, picture or scope. Well, that's because Da Vinci wasn't. No, I, I just meant, okay, maybe that's a poor example, but a lot of the, like, side characters were like that. It was always just, I agree, the interactions between Ezio or whomever mm-hmm. were great. Like, and it was because of that back and forth or that repertoire that you get to see built up through time or throughout the story. And that, yeah, it is, you know, they are talking to a brick wall. It's very much a blank slate. Right. You know, well, with, with, but the conversations usually in Odyssey, I find to be, there's usually multiple people there. It's not just a one-on-one with Socrates. Well, with the, there's like usually like three other people there. And it's like, they, I find it more interesting as the conversation that they're having amongst each other and learning more about maybe mm-hmm. like the political, you know, climate. Or like, that was amazing. Or t- turmoil. <laughs> Can't just fell out of his cat hammock. Well, with Assassin's Creed 2, uh, at first, it was very much like that one-on-one. And essentially, he's going through his training as an assassin. He's going through tiers and tiers of training. And uh, But later on, there was more than one. Like, you yeah. have his uncle with uh, uh, Machiavelli. And you have, True. And you have, the only one that he really always, for sure, interacted one-on-one with was Da Vinci. Yeah. Everyone else, you know, was... Da Vinci was a standout character. He was. I feel like... He was written that way, of course. Muck Valley and even, like, Ezio's uncle and stuff were a little thought of my Ezio, I like So it's like Ezio kind of drove more of that side of the conversation. I find that it's just the other way with Odyssey, and so it bothers me less. Like, I feel it's like the trade-off. I mean, there shouldn't be, really, is what it comes down to, but... That the NPCs and uh, some of the quest givers and stuff, and some of those characters like uplift the characterization for me, just overall. Not necessarily with Alexios or Cassandra, who are but right. <laughs> Which is his point. I would like Alexios is probably one of my least favorite protagonists, but Odyssey itself is. Favorite Assassin's Creed, which is interesting because will, usually he drives. Usually the protagonist drives the we'll my liking of the game. I will say this: I think I like Alexios better than uh, Arno. Yeah, like, Arno, yeah. Arno just annoyed the crap out of me. And like I, I pointed out earlier, I don't remember. Him. I don't think that's a good sign. No. Like if it's so forgettable for me, I just don't think it, it did have a very five or Unity. I just call it Unity. I don't yeah, think they actually call it Assassin's Creed Five. Unity. No, I, I, it was just Unity, yeah. It's but, just, uh, just but uh, that one, they had a very cliche Romeo and Juliet storyline, which was actually kind of interesting because aside from Rogue, it was the first time that um, really like, oh, the Templars really aren't so bad. Because yeah. Arno's, you know, childhood love was a Templar. Yeah. Assassin. I do remember that. I that up. And that, that was, was kind of cool. And it was... Which is so weird, too, by the way, because it is very Romeo and Juliet, but to put that into a Parisian-themed Assassin's Creed. Mm-hmm. Like, it wouldn't have fit in, Syndi- or in Syndicate, obviously, but it's like... <laughs> like oh, why not? Like, Thai, especially since Assassin's Creed actually does fairly well, like, Thai culturally, to right. usually, like, the plot or the location, which can oh. be viewed as another character unto itself, especially with Assassin's Creed. Like, locales are very important for the fans. Like, I, I will you work that in a little bit more. I will say this, uh, Assassin's Creed 2, um, and the, the whole, the trilogy of Assassin's Creed 2 did a lot better with linking historical figures to Ezio than yeah. any other game after it. 
yeah like leonardo da vinci they they had a friendship that built up over yeah, time yeah, and absolutely. then obviously continued on into the other games whereas <laughs> uh whereas with unity and syndicate and uh uh even odyssey i don't really remember or origins what historical characters you really run into in there, there. it was like cleopatra and the right, right. And talked about like That's mark, right. mark antony um i will execute anyone who oh you can sleep with me but i get to execute you after yeah uh you can go to like the tomb of alexandria yeah. or alexander in alexandria and you find where he's actually buried as right. a side thing but yeah with uh with all the other games it's pretty much you just you're not necessarily instantly best friends with them, but they instantly trust you with whatever it is they want to do, like 100%. Wait, I was actually just going to say that, because in Origins, that's how it's done. I felt that Cleopatra was rather like flat and just kind of like, oh, this is of the time, so Cleopatra needs to be here. And it's like, it was, it was And all of a sudden, they're, they are just wrapped up into her politics and the world's politics and stuff, and she's very much like... They try to accurately represent like the historical depictions we have of Cleopatra, but in the same breath, she goes very much against that and just like the allure of mystery is just like gone all of a sudden. And it's like I trust you, I'm, I'm, like I like you, even though I'm maybe not say as such, but I'm gonna go have you do something like that's most important right. for me. And that's and like, like it really that. quite makes sense and actually goes against your character for at least for what we know of you. You know, right? It seems odd. And they did that in Syndicate with Dell and. Uh... I like how they um, handled Jack the Ripper, though. And yeah, DLC actually, I actually never again. played that DLC, and I should have. And I, but, but yeah, yeah. that was that they, was... they handled Jack the Ripper really creatively, and mm-hmm. they fit well historically as well as with like even timeline wise, actually, because the DLC takes decades after Syndicate, mm-hmm. and then how it fits into uh, Assassin's Creed War, right? Which is really cool, and you get to play as Jack the Ripper like during certain sequences, and it's awesome. That's cool. Yeah, it's very visceral, but it's amazing. Assassin's Creed 3 handled it all right. I mean, he was never, like, great friends with... Uh, with There's a lot of historical figures in that one. Yeah. Um, but... but it was uh, it was still very weird how George Washington still just trusted him with everything. Yeah. Uh, despite, you know, the Congress origins. Yeah. I read... There was... I was looking up something about Assassin's Creed just in general, like the franchise, and I came across like an old like forum like thread, and they were um, not from the United States. They were it was it was like an international kind of like posting, and they were from like all over Europe, I think primarily, and they were discussing uh, Assassin's Creed Three in particular. And there was one gal that was incredibly angry that there was an Assassin's Creed that existed at all about revolutionary times here in the United States. And they're like, I feel like they just uh, feel like we're overusing this word a little bit, but no, you know, no. shoehorning in um, American historical figures that nobody uh, in the rest of the world knows. And then there was somebody else who also was an American who like chimed in right after that, and they're like, but like you could say the same thing about you know Americans playing you know Assassin's Creed Unity, like and it was like it doesn't really make sense their historical. Like some of them you're going to know, some of them you're just not, depending on your education or right. what history classes you had or what you've dived into personally. Like It's just going to be like that for everybody. Like and If you really want to get into it, Canadian studio making the games, what are they doing making a game? Well, yeah, they're French and Canadian. It's usually yeah. Ubisoft Montreal, but then it's like Ubisoft's in France. Right. Like, like they, yeah, covered the Revolutionary War here in the United States, but it's like, they didn't really pick anybody obscure no. either. 
George Washington. Yeah, it was I like mean, George Washington, the United States first president, like um, revolutionary general. Right. Ben Franklin, who was also uh, an ambassador to France. Right. Like, and was very global of the time, considering we were founded on, you know, isolationist principles. And then we had, that was what the gal complained about. She's like, I thought Sam Adams was just a beer. Which is kind of like a double so, whammy because it's like, well, that's made here anyways. So you know of the beer, but not the historical figure. And it's God. like the game explains that anyways, even if that's like a more obscure historical figure from the United States that you wouldn't know about. Like, it's got, it's got a revolutionary like figure on the beer. Like, I don't know. It just seemed really weird because I feel like the argument she made, you could make to any of the other Assassin's Creed if you were born outside well, the, of that country. The argument she made was dumb. She just doesn't know her history. That's all it and is. That, and, that, and I actually created an account and logged in and said just that. I was like, it just sounds like you don't know like world history very well. Right. I was like, because I was completely... Like, if they made an Assassin's Creed that focused on like Charles de Gaulle, I know who Charles de Gaulle is, Like, right. and I'm not French. <laughs> like, I mean, it's just, you, you know certain global... Like, or Machiavelli, even, or Leonardo da Vinci. It's like, we're not Italian. Like, but we know who these people are. It's like, I we're, we're not Greek. We know. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> you know, we know who, um, like, you know, Leonidas. And there's so many historical figures from all of the other games where it's like, well, you know of them. Like, right. it's, just, it's just your knowledge of world history or not. I'm trying to think of a historical figure that I would consider obscure. Yeah, I mean, because by definition, historical figure, obviously, they did something monumental in history, so it, right. therefore it is studied or should be fair knowledge, fair game. Uh, I, I, I it was, was just, it, it blew my mind because it was, I was looking at something completely unrelated to that, read through this feed, and I was like, and that, and I ended up creating an account, logging in, and saying that, you know, it was years after that. It was just, I had to. Right. And I said that, I was like, you, it just seems like you don't know very much about world history. Now, if they got the, the history drastically wrong, like, I don't know, involving Cleopatra in the American Revolution. Yeah, it's something be... ridiculous, you know. Oh, I didn't know that. You know, and that's what that gal would respond with. Right. Yeah. I didn't know Cleopatra was alive during the American Revolution and visited the Americas. That's amazing. And it's like, oh, no, you're just dumb. Yeah. And, and it's like, there's, there's really no other, like, excuse for it. Like, but it was very, the American Revolution, whether you like Americans or not, like it was very like world defining. So yeah, I mean, bucked British colonialism. Like yeah, but then they came back and burned down their White House. And <laughs> yeah, it's true. It didn't need to be. <laughs> we'll just build it on a swamp. <laughs> That's a better idea. I just think of Rick and Morty when Rick is fighting the president. Yeah, and uh, what was it? We well, what was he saying that? Uh, the United States isn't going to bend a knee to foreign powers. Like, oh, have you told China that? Yeah. It's like, China doesn't piss all over the White House. Like, why would they? I'm sure it was expensive. <laughs> uh, that shows too witty for its own good. Right. <laughs> and it's very relevant. I love that show. However, I've been backing away from the show because I don't like the fan base. Yeah. I it, swear to God, if I hear another thing about Pickled Rick. It's so fervent. Yeah. I'm going to shove this Pringles tube, like, down the, I don't know, tube orifice. <laughs> Killed it. Like, yeah, it. <laughs> yeah it's, it's so, like, rabid. Because I, I really enjoy that show, and I like it, and it's, it's like, overnight. And I feel like, as against it, it's 
but I feel like a lot of people who are really big fans of it like only appreciate like the vulgarity of it and really don't understand like mm-hmm. the actually the witticisms behind a lot of jokes. And that's Michael cool. Rick's a perfect example of that. That makes me really sad. <laughs> <laughs> like that part I don't like, mm-hmm. which is a lot of people. It's just like yeah, it's like yeah, no, no, don't don't make loud obnoxious noises. Like hey, what do they say? <laughs> what are the words that Rick used? And yeah. how does that pertain to maybe uh, global politics? Like, well, you know, what? there. <laughs> At the same time, maybe I shouldn't, you know, rag on people for liking a thing for whatever reason. Yeah. They just like stupidity. Fine, whatever. I agree. I just it, it, it is rapid though. Yeah, it, it I just pulled. I just pulled back. Like, I'm not sure if I even just want to deal with this show. Yeah. Despite you know how much I enjoy it. Well, it's funny because I react that way to a lot of things too. Where it's like if something like that I have not, like, partook in, whether I was interested in it or not, mm-hmm. and then all of a sudden it seems like it's a zeitgeist overnight, and everyone is rabid about it. Like, Game of Thrones, I think it was, like, a good example. Like, I watched mm-hmm. it, I liked it, I thought it was good, like, first season, and then it was, like, from then on, it was, like, just funny. And it's all you ever heard about. It's all everybody ever talked about when it was in season, and it was just everywhere all the time. And I found myself just, like, I don't fucking care. I just don't, it's- like... And it was, like, those people were like celebrating a pop culture love of theirs or a book right. series that they loved or a TV series that they were like, nothing wrong with that at all. For me, it was just like, I just want it to go away. I'm tired of hearing about it so much all the time. And see with that, I didn't feel that way about Game of Thrones until the final season came out mm-hmm. and people were complaining about how it ended. Yes, for me, I just thought it was hilarious because it's like I had just stopped watching it and abstained. And for me, I was like, I'm going to wait till it's all done and I'm going to binge watch it and then call it a day. And for me, it made perfect sense, and that pissed everyone off. Yeah, and for everybody losing their minds about it, it was like, yeah, you've been going rabbit over this shit for fucking eight years, and then you were let down. Like, and it was like, the small part of it was like, I feel vindicated, but that's just me being petty. <laughs> like, it was unnecessary. I'm sorry that your dragon lady did not, did, yeah, I'm sorry that she snapped. <laughs> that way, I'm sorry that she, yeah. she freaking snapped. Made sense. Yeah, it did make sense. It, it was... A lot of, well, you know, we don't even need to get into it. No. You're, you're sick of it. I am just going to Oh, I'm to fine get... with it now because it's just gone. Right. I'm I don't have gonna, to worry about it. I'm just going to get heated about it. I'm just going to be like, you guys need to shut the fuck up. It made sense. Yeah, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. It wasn't that exactly what you wanted. I'm tired of that, actually. Yeah. Uh, like how big cancel culture has gotten, where if it's especially with uh, fandoms of anything, really, mm-hmm. where it's like if... Uh, a particular movie or TV show or like maybe book series or video game even like like you don't like Assassin's Creed Odyssey mm-hmm. but I have a feeling you would be like this game should never exist it needs to fucking go away like everyone needs to stop caring about it like or liking it like you don't care you have your personal opinion and beliefs right. about it other people enjoy it other people enjoy it kind of thing that's how I feel about like Game of Thrones and stuff too but there's so many fandoms where they're like. We need to rewrite the finale to Game of Thrones and reshoot it and put that on there, and that's going to be canon. Or like, this Star Wars movie sucked. It needs to be erased from canon. We need to redo it. And there's like petitions and stuff, and it's like I mean, people have that. People have those for Star Wars. So. I know, and it's like, no, it exists. It's done. This is whatever artist's vision at the time that this came out. Like, just move on. I mean, I personally, it's have, Star Wars. I like, personally haven't really Thrones. liked the new movies, or I haven't even liked the prequels on much. Yeah, the first prequel. I, as you watch those again, they, they hold up way better than I thought, in my opinion. I That's remember, fair. like, being an about them. I remember liking Revenge of the Sith, like, and how that tied in and everything. I was like, okay, cool. But otherwise, I was like, eh, whatever. I don't know. 
right. like Phantom Menace, like Attack the Clones, whatever. And then I watched him again and had him on, and I was like, oh shit, he looks pretty good. Like, <laughs> they're not bad. They're not as good as the originals, but they're not as bad as everybody says they Well, are. you know what? Your opinion sucks. <laughs> you suck. We need to redo the prequel trilogy. I'm going to start a petition. <laughs> you know what? Darth Vader was always an adult. He was never a kid. <laughs> yeah. Never once. Midichlorians, man. Yeah, the Midichlorians. Man, they're just just (laughs) everywhere. They're inside you. They're inside me. (laughs) They're exchanging right now. We're having force sex. (laughs) There's a robot chicken skit where, uh, you know, it's that scene in Star Wars. Darth Vader's a Luke Skywalker going to Luke Skywalker. I'm like, I am your father. No, that's impossible. And Leia is your sister. No, that's improbable <laughs> and the empire will be defeated by Ewoks no that's highly unlikely <laughs> and in the next scene you know uh, Luke Skywalker's smoking and uh, Darth Vader's got the coffee and he's like and uh, in the force well, that's just this thing in our blood called Metaclorian <laughs> oh yeah so Skywalker just tosses a cigarette like you know what if you're not going to take this seriously I'm out <laughs> <laughs> that's amazing and I'm like, yep, that's how I felt about it, too. Yeah. Well, it's like, um, the last, can yeah, Star Wars, I, I hated it. I don't like it. It's like, everyone gets all, like, pissy about it. Which one? Like, uh, Last Jedi. Last Jedi? I actually haven't seen Last Jedi. Force Awakens, I thought was okay. Yeah, it was fanfare. I, yeah, I, I didn't think it was It was bridging fanfare. It was, yeah. it was a new hope, too. It was essentially. <laughs> yeah. The trailers made it look like it was episode one, but. <laughs> yeah. But, yeah, uh, they, they were definitely cut. Very uh, 90s trailer sound. Rogue One, I wasn't particular, particularly a fan of, but the side ones I liked. I've actually, the, I really liked Rogue One and uh, console. I didn't like console. I, I didn't, I didn't like that one at all. I was very, I, part of it was, it's just, I just don't care. Fair enough, <laughs> you know. Yeah, fair enough. But uh, I dug it. The Darth Maul but I also was totally worth it. Uh, I was okay with that. I was okay with that. Oh, it's not Darth Maul. But in all fairness, I don't care about Darth Vader as a kid, but I enjoyed episode one. Yeah, I, there's like quite a few seasons in the movie I really liked. I don't care where the things I like come from. <laughs> Listen, I totally do. I love that backstory to learn about it. We were talking about that. I was like yeah. inquiring about the deep research station in Final Fantasy VIII. Oh, it was such a small part of that game, but I was like, I want more. Right. And the Omega weapon and Ultimate weapon and stuff. Well, I mean, how much time do we spend just looking up dumb little shit. Oh, yeah. Well, I'm a total, like, trivia, like, kind of, like, I remember the stupidest shit, and mm-hmm. I'm always looking up stuff about things that I'm into at the time to read, like, oh, the creator's intention is this, or here's some obscure article that came out in Japan about that, and it's like, and then I just, like, filter, or I just, not filter, but, uh, file that information away for who knows when and why, mm-hmm. <laughs> but it's just stuck in there forever, and it was like, <laughs> I do have to say sometimes I just don't just don't care about well I guess not care about the wrong word but I, I get I sometimes think that like names of things or stories the story and things mm. just weren't well thought out almost feel like the first idea popped out of someone's mouth like where to go with that let's move on yeah like uh, Final Fantasy 7 mm-hmm. weapon yeah it's like yeah, I, don't, I know there's Omega weapon all yeah like Ruby and stuff yeah but uh, the game is called weapon yeah, and it yeah, just carries like, forward. It's like that. That's, that's that was, it. That's the most creative thing you come up with. Yeah, like, they're now they house. Like they're, they're flying beasts that well, can wreck things. I mean, they're not a gun. 
one you might know what it is on top of your head, but as a kid, I always thought, and which at the time really necessarily wasn't like it was simultaneously appropriate but inappropriate, like especially as a kid. But I always thought the hardest boss in Final Fantasy Nine was Osama, <laughs> like which is not it at all. <laughs> I just remember it was something I could not pronounce, and it was close, so it was like that. Ah, that's all I, can't, I can't remember what that boss's name was, but it was like, that was well before all of that, so it was like, it wasn't as if it was really a big deal, but... No, at that time, he had all of our guns. But yeah, like, like, he was alive and doing terrorism. <laughs> <laughs> he was doing terrorism against other people. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> but it's like, that was one where it was like, at least he had a name, though. The hardest boss in nine. Mm-hmm. It wasn't just weapon. Yeah. Like it was in uh, 8 and 7. Yeah, but at least 8, they were... Ozma. It was just Ozma. Or Ozma. Like, you got, you got it, it was wrong. close. Oh, I knew it was it's wrong. Just, it's just because you're racist. No big deal. Yeah, probably. Yeah, that, I thought... that, And I remember like playing that as a kid and stuff and like going and doing everything in Final Fantasy now and doing the, the most difficult boss. But at least that one, like I said, wasn't just like a... Right. It's so weird. Yeah, there's some some games are like long range franchises like that. Yeah. Yeah, there's well, they well, they slip up in lots of areas, including long run games. Well, they especially when we're, you're going back to you know older games. It's like at first one, there wasn't like money behind it. So they're talking about like localizations and stuff, which were like, really just starting. You know. Like localization teams, there's to say, and like, you know, funding for that, and like making sure that it released, you know, relatively quickly between mm-hmm. like Japan and you know Western. Oh yeah, there can be very weird. Uh, right, it weren't a big thing or... in the video game industry until recently. Right, which is like talking about bad writing and bad translation. I love the Fire Emblem series. Yeah, absolutely love it. I love the new one, Three Houses. I'm really glad it. it I think it's one of the most important uh, video game ones. And I was very, I was very happy that it did because it's like, I thought that was one that was gonna be snubbed, but it's like yeah, bullshit, right? Like, but, 2019 has, in my opinion, been a shitty year for gaming. Mm-hmm. Like, it just hasn't been great. Well, and you know, that's one of the best games of this year. And I was like, why are we talking about it more? I don't understand why. As we're much not. as much as I love Fire Emblem, the fact that it's one of the best games of the year does actually say how bad this year has been for gaming. Even yeah, it's, it's, a, it's kind of a, it's been kind of a niche game. Oh, it absolutely. And I don't, is. I don't yeah. think it necessarily did bring itself to the mainstream with the, with the yeah. But uh, I just think comparatively, it's like you look at mm-hmm. what's on the slate for 2020, and then you look at what 2018 was. You get like 2018 in the middle of mm-hmm. those three, and it's like it, it's been a rough year. Like as far as like high-quality releases in the frequency right. like, There just hasn't been. I'm not saying, like, every month needs to be peppered with two or three AAA games. That's not what I'm saying by no. games, but you're well, not getting your, you know, Resident Zero Dawn's God of Wars and stuff. You know, it's like... Midday's gone. You mean you don't like uh, UPS Simulator? Right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I mean. I mean year was kind of filled with stuff like that. It just was. Like, everybody was super excited for the Outer Worlds, and it was like, and I was too, and I played it. And it was like, oh my god, that's cool. I really like how they reskin New Vegas. Like, this is amazing. But it's 2019. <laughs> I mean, it's like, I want I want more. I want like innovation. Shen, like Shenmue 3? Yeah, that's super niche. Oh, that is super niche. It's even more niche now. Yeah. Yeah, he's ripping ornaments out my tree. 
Yeah, it, it, that's a really niche one. But also probably one of the most anticipated releases of this year, which is indicative of 2019. I mean, I've been waiting for it since uh, Shenmue 2, and that was, you know, original Xbox. Oh, yeah. It's been a while. Yeah, and I, I still I still need to play it. I've seen I've seen reviews for it, and there are people are like, the people who say they like Shenmue, they're lying. I see and how I saw that. And I'm like, I don't know, I just played through Shenmue 1 and 2, and I'm like, ah, I want to play 3. I'm like, okay. Yeah, I, know, I, mean, I I saw that too, and I was like, because I I haven't played Shenmue, but that's one that's on a bucket list gaming wise for me. And every time I've looked back into it, like over the years, and like, um, I was like, that looks, that, that looks something I would play, and that I would enjoy and like to play. And so it's like it's cool that there's another one like coming out kind of thing. There's like right. a little bit of uh, like timelessness kind of a thing. It was supposed to be like a nine part series. Yeah. No, I know. Yeah. And. Yeah, so for somebody to be like, ah, nobody really likes it, or nobody's ever played it, and it's like, yeah, fuck off. Like, <laughs> I know people who have played it and enjoy it, and I know a ton of people who, whether they haven't played it, would really enjoy a game like that. So. I will say this, the voice acting for 1 and 2, which I heard is the same for 3, is pretty bad. Yeah. I, I would be perfectly okay with not having the voice acting at all. I love watching <laughs> the voice acting in Final Fantasy X, because I didn't remember that, because it was so innovative at the time you cross <laughs> over it. <laughs> But all of it's like that. It's like birds like waiting for their mom, and then they speak. Words come out, yeah. and I'm like, "This is so great!" Like, at least it's, it's funny now. At least it's not dilly dally shilly shally. <laughs> oh god, I already I hate myself for saying that. Just all you the gunshot. Okay, well this is the end of the podcast. <laughs> god. Yeah. Oh, oh, did you hear that they're doing another bioshock? Yeah, I did. Yeah. It's not, it doesn't have... Uh, Ken Levine's. Yeah, part. no. But he has still, his own studio. But it still has uh, plenty of other people that were part of Bioshock. The original Bioshock. It does. It, so it's, yeah, because I after, know that was a huge deal, but a huge deal that he left, but I was like, well, there's plenty of people still there. Yeah, I... Of the original Bioshock trilogy, one and three, Ken Levine did. He didn't do the second one. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, I think 2K Mirror did that. Uh, but... Uh, those are my favorites of that uh, trilogy. That's most people's. I'm less concerned about Ken Levine being there now as well, just because I feel there's enough groundwork laid down that it's like you can go a lot of different ways the way that story was created. But I don't. I don't think he necessarily has to be there. There's enough lore and right. background story, you know, for yeah, both Columbia and uh, Rapture. I mean, if they want to go somewhere else. If Marvel can do it with the comic books, I'm sure people can do it with video games. Yeah, and like you pointed out, I mean, uh, Irrational Studios folded after Infinite anyways, mm-hmm. and then it was shrunk down to a ridiculously small team, which Ken Levine has headed since Infinite, which came out in 2012. Not a single game has come out of there. Right. Ghost Story games. And, uh, yeah, a lot of X. Bioshock devs from the old Rational team that was in that new studio who's doing the new Bioshock. So I'm excited to have more Bioshock. Yeah, we'll see how we'll see how it turns out. I mean, it'll definitely I'm be the keep, litmus test. I keep uh, I keep an open mind with games right now, but I have to say that even even with that thought that it's only a lot of games is kind of disappointing. Yeah, that's where I've expected more. Even even Jedi Fallen Order, like I said. uh, I really like the game, mm-hmm. but do I, I wonder if I like it because it's actually really good, really well written, or if I really like it because everything else is crap. Yeah, and that's a a good 
a good lens to kind of see it through. Because I think I might be suffering through, like, the same kind of thing. Because I'm not sure if any, like, if, say, Days Gone had come out alongside, like, in the same year, at least, maybe one beginning, one beginning, and, like, Horizon Zero Dawn or God of War, or even, actually, Last of Us or something, I'm not sure if I would like it as much. But for me, it was my game of the year. I loved it. I thought it was great. But I think that bar has been lowered. So, like, comparatively, like, I just didn't really have anything else that I thought was even close to Day is Gone, or, like, it, because there just wasn't really this year. There's only a few games I can think of that I was like, man, that were new this year, at least, that I was like, I love this. Like, this is awesome. I, I feel like that should be a advertisement tagline for whatever company will we'll say Sony. Yeah. Just because I'm not a Microsoft fanboy. <laughs> but it's like, Sony, we've lowered the bar. <laughs> but it's like, I... You got, I don't know, there just really wasn't a lot this year. There just really no. wasn't, especially in the AAA front. It was kind of like, eh. I think Death Stranding, which looks cool, I played, but looks like an art piece. It was quickly I mean, produced. It's like, that's a, that's a game that I would definitely enjoy. You know, Me too. I understand that all it is delivering packages and pissing on things, but... It, it looks like fun to me, so yeah, I agree with you. I think that would be... A fun one to play. I don't think it's comparative, at least from what I've seen, to some of the great exclusives that have gone here. I think that's one of those games because of its mixed reviews that I have. Like it's definitely split in the middle. You you tend to have people who uh, overhype it and people who just want to hate on something. Yeah, well, and last one of the last rage units that Ariel Hall and I recorded, I went on a rant about that about like gaming journalism and that kind of. In my opinion, there should be a holistic nature to review. Mm-hmm. Obviously, it's a subjective art form unto itself, but like holistically meaning that there should be like a, at least a paradigm for at least big media outlets to like a rubric to follow, right? So that their scores, you know, plus or minus an error, uh, margin of error, are homogenized. You know, no matter who reviews it, you know, so well, like IGN's been- like a good example because they're so global now. I wish I could just blame journalists for that, but I honestly think even the fans are like that. No, people, so, no fans are, and people are like at, that, yeah. Like when the first Division came out, mm-hmm. I would see review after review on Steam, like people uh, people being like, oh, it's the worst game ever, never buy this game. Like, I can't believe I ever wasted money on this. And I'm like, you played over 800 hours in the game. Yeah, there's no way that you can absolutely hit it and right? eight hundred. You just kill yourself. Why would you? Yeah, why'd you spend eight hundred hours playing what you say is the worst game ever? Yeah, and, like, and fans and fans are like that, and players and users can often be like that. That that rage quit a particular topic was centered on journalism and reviews, and that by was. Way, I, didn't really care for the division. <laughs> I I didn't. Pl- I never played the first division, and I played the. I, and I played beat the campaign too. I played mm-hmm. division two with friends that I met just. And well, I had fun with that. Well, and that's another thing. But too, I also I, don't play online games or have those types of experiences very often. So mm-hmm. I can say that I am biased towards that experience because well, I had a different uh, interaction with gamers and a game than I have in the last 20 years. You know? Well, I was going to say, like, part of the reason I probably didn't care for that game is that I, I didn't have the friend base to play that game. Well, and I just and randomly and accidentally did. So I tried right. the free weekend after E3. And I was like, oh, this is cool. I was like, I'm actually fairly decent at this. And then I met people who were doing the same thing. And then we all bought the game And after that free weekend. And it was like a team of four, which is what you need. And we played through the whole thing together. 
and that was the only game we played through together. And I don't know these people. I just met them during the free weekend, and it was like a flash in the pan, almost coincidental type thing. So I had a different experience than I normally do gaming because I usually just prefer to play solo games by myself and, and or so local kinda, co-op. That's kind of how I've been too. It's like I don't. I just uh, for one, I'm friend based to play a lot of online games like Destiny and stuff. For example, I and yeah. I haven't been particularly interested in building up that friend base. I, I mean, I could, I'm sure I could actively make it yeah. happen. You know, I'm such a great person. Still, <laughs> um, but uh, but yeah, just I, 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 I that's why games like Fire Emblem is like would be my game of the year because I, I freaking love Fire Emblem or Beat Saber. Yeah, I know it made many years. <laughs> yeah. But, well, oh, it's like, I'm a, I'm a Sony fanboy, their bread and butter, especially nowadays, is single-player narratives. Mm-hmm. It's like, I could play by myself. I get a good story. But I, I'm perfectly content living in that ecosystem and getting what now people are calling the same thing over and over again. Oh, I'm fine with that. Whether it is or not, I don't care. If this is the style of game I like to play, I like to play by myself. Mm-hmm. I like to experience it by myself. I like to play at my own pace. I can do the same thing, too. There's been times where I've reached out to random people that I either have on my friends list from, you know, I don't know how I met them or why they're on my friends list. Or, like, Twitter where I'm like, hey, I have one online trophy to get for whatever game. Can you help me out? I saw that you have it or that you're actively playing it right now. And they're like, yeah, I'll play with them for, like, fucking 15 minutes. And it's like, use my headset and stuff, get the trophy. And it's like, thanks, buddy, bye. And then I bounce. Like, I'm out. Like... <laughs> And more often than not, usually the people I hit up are the same kind of way, where it's just like, oh yeah, I was, they're going to have to do the same thing when I got that trophy too, so they like, carried up me out. But it's right. like, once we're done with that, like, almost business interaction of just helping each other obtain a trophy, it's just like, yeah, bye. <laughs> like the last uh, multiplayer game I heavily got into was Monster Hunter World. Yeah, I Twitch. I, I enjoyed Monster Hunter, and I think part I of it, like Monster Hunter. Right. <laughs> like that, I don't, that's my genre. No, what you that's should like is Mega Man, and I hate that you don't like Mega Man. <laughs> I know everyone hates it about me. Why do you like Mega Man? I don't like Don't like Mega Man. You don't like Mega Man. I like. I hate it. I didn't bimble about it. Right. But yeah, Monster Hunter was the last like Google player game I played, and I did play with random people on that. I'm sure I pissed people off, so I'm not super great at it. Yeah, I'm not great at it. But uh, I think one thing I like about that game is you don't need a synopsis for that game. The synopsis is the title. Oh, yeah, exactly. Yeah, that's oh, everything. What are you doing? Well, hunt monsters. Oh, okay. Oh, I mean, like, yeah, I get that, but what else do you do? You hunt monsters. Yeah, that's, monsters. It. that's it. Well, what's the story? It's like, well, see, you're a dude, and you hunt monsters. Yeah. And in this new one, you were in a place where you hunted monsters. Now you're just going to a new place to hunt monsters. How'd you get there? You followed a big monster. <laughs> oh, okay. A big monster that you're going to be hunting. <laughs> yeah, it's like, oh, okay. Pretty much what you do is you you find the biggest baddie you can and then you whale him. Yeah, play whack a mole with its face. Or you can uh, you play uh, Sweet Johnny. I don't know. Exactly. Sweet Johnny. Sweet Johnny. Yeah, I, that's that's one where I'm always intrigued by, especially when a new one comes out. Mm-hmm. And then I always buy it, and I play a little bit of it. I don't like this doesn't give me at all. Like we we did play the three DS one for a little while. Mm-hmm. That one was that one just sort of went crazy because three uh, DS. Yeah, you had you had the old three DS. Yeah, what they still have. Yeah, you have they they do have the expansion that you can put on there, so you yeah. have that stick. 
Yeah, that's crazy. Like, yeah, but then it's like you even play a Monster Hunter World. I'm like, eh. like I have it, and I had it on my PS4 for ages, and mm-hmm. I was like, I even had somebody lined up to play with too. That was like co-streaming and all that good stuff. You're right. <laughs> there we go. I will I will just ruin that beautiful AFK clothing company shirt. Nope. That FGG is sponsored by two percent off your next order. There'll be a picture of the bloodstains that's forming on that. It'd be great if they launched new apparel and that's what it is. It's the same just bloodstain. Yep. I was like, yeah, I guess we can do that. <laughs> And the idea for special. Exactly. You don't share it to people. Okay. But yeah, I, I don't know. It just never, never got his teeth into me. Maybe something like, yeah, never fair. really played it with anybody online. I had somebody lined up to do so. Just, I'm saying, yeah, I'd rather play something else. It's always what it came down to. I can forgive you for that. I got a cheap It's the big man, I can't I don't remember last time I tried to get it. That was one where I tried. Yeah, you, you just like, you just suck and you're a tiny person. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, probably. I thought, I thought it was going to be your Philistine. <laughs> <laughs> I thought it was going to be your Philistine. I haven't heard that one all the time. You're a Phoenician. <laughs> oh, God. Why was that such a big thing? I don't freaking know. But probably for the some 90s were a weird time. Probably for some racist reason. Oh, my God. We're all closet racist, apparently. Anyway. God, I will not repeat on here. <laughs> well, it's like, we, we kind of talked about cancer culture and, like, pop culture it's just in general. It's like, that's a big thing for that, too. Just culture in general. Mm-hmm. Canceling people. Or, or comedy and jokes. Or, and then it's like, and then it goes too far the other way sometimes. It's just like, oh, why, how do we get into this perpetual loop? It's awful. But the internet is done. It's such horrible things to our society. It's Dude. such a useful tool. We just never use it <laughs> as a useful tool. Who, who was it that said, uh, if I wanted to wow people in the past with technology from the future, just tell them that we that uh, that we have a wealth of infinite information and we use it to look at cat pictures. Oh, yeah. Kids. <laughs> yeah, that blow anybody's mind. Right. You could look at and learn anything. Oh, I don't remember who said that. I can't remember. It's not me. I mean, I said it right now. <laughs> but yeah, you paraphrasing. You're mimicking. Yeah, Well, I think that about wraps up the podcast. Uh, hopefully you enjoyed our discussion of Assassin's Creed and then all of our other ramblings about new games, what we've been playing. Can you tell which one was the main focus? <laughs> <laughs> Assassino! Money in it, right? I got money in it, so. <laughs> You're wrong. You're wrong, your beard is stupid. Your beard's weird. <laughs> your beard is weird. Yeah, that always reminds me of that uh, Eminem and um, uh, Machine Gun Kelly distracts in the day because he said about Eminem. Your beard's weird. But then he, like, turns it back. Yep. Rap battles. Yeah, districts are the best. But anyways, you can listen to this podcast on, if you're not already, on uh, YouTube, 
But if you want other like avenues to listen to it, it's on CastBox, iTunes, and then Google Play as well. So if you have a preferred one that maybe you're not using because you think that FGD is not on it, it is. It's everywhere. So this is the part where we go like and subscribe? No, nah, I don't really do that for the podcast. We're sponsored. <laughs> <laughs> you can like. You can comment. I mean, reviews would help. I guess that would be the biggest thing for a podcast. Mm-hmm. Whatever service you're listening to it on, like, if you could do a review. Uh, YouTube, I could care less about, to be honest. It's just there for convenience for people. But if you're listening to it on iTunes or Google Play or even CastBox or any other podcast services, uh, reviews do help podcasts. That's really the big thing. Yeah, you can make fun of my shirt because I do not have a beautiful AFK clothing company shirt. Not yet. I'll get you one for Christmas. <laughs> I expect 12. <laughs> yeah, I want to do this is what I require of you. But anyways, uh, if you have any like suggestions or comments or even a different opinion about our like Assassin's Creed discussion, uh, feel free to comment. I do go through everything. Or you can send an email to um, asinquisitor at gmail.com. So then maybe next time we'll go through them. Eventually we will. I have some for Rage Quit and AS Inquisitor. I bet them. <laughs> <laughs> we need to actually read them and like comment back. Some of them are actually really good. So if you feel inclined, you can definitely do that. Um, yeah, we'll be back next month. Okay. Peace. Cool. See ya. Have a good night.